0: Welcome to the Ultimate
1: Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good afternoon, good evening everyone. Welcome to Insight Fantasy Sports AFL podcast. We are going live. I'm your host, the Supercoach Hawk, Rob Kennedy, sitting here with my good friend, the big horse, Mickey Dell. How are you, mate? Robbie, how are you, brother?
2: And for our viewers at home, if you've been listening over the past month, six weeks, we've sort of changed it up a little bit. And I like to bring a bit of a stat from the past or a stat as to what's happened of more recent times. So I've got two for you tonight before we kick off. Do it. One. Congratulations to Tex Walker for becoming the all-time Adelaide Crows leading goal kicker. So he surpassed Tony Mondra on the weekend. And this week, 20 years ago for us old heads, it was Wayne Carey for the Adelaide Crows versus Anthony Stevens the old and Glenn Archer go on the biff. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, the old flinch, the old quick flinch, yeah. hands up. Yeah, I'm not messing with Glenn Archer. I tell you what, I would have done the exact yeah. same thing that Wayne Carey did. Uh yeah, I'm not messing with him. He's, the old archer's uh, son doesn't look uh, like he fell too far from the apple tree, mate. He looks like he's no, very happy right. to get into a little bit of a biff. Um, mate, mm-hmm. we thought we'd just mix it up a little bit, just jump on live again. We can see there's a few people following along. If you haven't jumped on, Phil's already giving us a shout out. So, make Billy sure Cheese, can, how you can are you, Billy? Give some comments, everybody. We'll ask some questions. We said it on our social media. If you're not following us on socials, please do. At Insight Fantasy Sport, you can follow along with us as well—Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that jam. This is the best place to jump on and ask questions, talk banter. We're going to go over the super uh, super coach stats and scores, some little bit of information there. But we love to just chat a little bit of football as well, and there's um, there's plenty to chat about, isn't there?
2: Yeah, for sure. Not too keen on getting stuck in the Sydney Swans yet, Phil. So you'll just have to
1: wait your turn. Oh, I think Phil's happy to wait. He knows he loves to have a good chat. We do have a nice little private yeah. chat with him as well. He's a he's a good man that we've met through the program and met through the love of the game. Um, look, we'll jump on and ask a couple of questions. We might as well answer them quickly. Let, why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, we better start with your brother who's already throwing heaves from the from the corner. You'd know all about a flinch, wouldn't you, big horse? You're a bit of a uh, flinch, right. mate.
2: Surely, surely, you uh, put An-
1: surely you put Anthony back in his place, didn't you, mate? He's, he's a little bitch. So, <laughs>
2: If anyone's seen him, he's um yeah, he's about five foot ten and he's almost as strong as LDU when it when we're talking about lifting seven elevens, but he's still a little bitch and my mum's better than his mum. So yep. There you have it.
1: Still one of the best ledgers of all time, the Michael Voss, Brett Voss. I'm a big fan. I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan. Uh, A good little banter as well from NJB to start with. If I have no trades, how do I buy more? I feel like there's plenty of people in Supercoach land at the moment who are in this boat. I luckily still have uh, a couple up my sleeve. What about you, mate? How many you got? One. One to go. Single one, left.
2: But do you see in the future the Herald Sun potentially – using this as a cash grab and offering up trades for money?
1: I feel like you can't, can you? Like surely that brings the competition a little bit into disrepute. I mean, Mm -hmm. does it take away from, you know, I look forward to my boy growing up and putting him in super coach and having an honest competition. And what does that look like? I mean, look, I wouldn't pass it past anybody to, uh, to put up a little bit of a cash grab and grab whatever they can. But I think, they would tend to go more down maybe the fantasy route and give us mm. two trades every week and go from there. That's what I could possibly see happening. I hope yeah. it doesn't go down that avenue because I'm a big fan of being having to be a little bit strategic with what you do with your trades. Sure. But look, like the AFL itself, fantasy land is always adapting. So I guess we'll watch the space and, uh, and see what happens. We'll see mm. what happens. Jump in, make sure you make some comments, ask some questions. We will get to answering every single one of them through this podcast as we move along. Should we start with round one? Game one, I mean. Essendon, your boys. Essendon took on the uh, – where am I? I'm a little bit lost. Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs and what looked like a bit of a, a good game to start with, and then Western Bulldogs just sort of took it by the scruff of the neck and, uh, and ran away with it. We obviously had Tim English with a massive 134, the Bont – with a 126, 126 from Liberatore, I put out a bit of a tweet earlier to put a little bit more respect on this man's head. He has an he had an absolute rip snort of a game, in my opinion. Uh, Bailey Smith looked solid with a 105 in that midfield. Uh, Jack McRae tying uh, the record for most consecutive games with over 20 disposals. Um, and probably the big news out of the Bombers is uh, Ridley with his 138, but going down with a quad. What else did you see in this game, mate?
2: That we're done. <laughs> we are We are absolutely done. We're, we're hopeless without a Ruckman. Uh, we've got Phillips, but he's no Draper. Draper, I guess you can see the value. He's kind of like Sean Darcy. You don't really notice the value of someone until they're not there. And since Draper's been out, we've only won one game and lost four. Coincidentally, that same record since Parrish has returned. So... Essendon were on a bit of a high. They were running Hobbs and Perkins and these young people through or young kids through the midfield, you know, throwing a bit of caution to the wind and letting them just play footy. And it was working. And now we've gone back to, you know, stat padding with Parrish and I fucking hate it. So I've I've said it weeks ago. I'll say it again now. Hopefully, you know, if the guys want to put him up for, for trade, I'd be happy to get a nice big key back, back to Essendon or, say another forward slash ruck that could help out Draper. Wiedemann's not that man. And I'm struggling to think of anyone else. Maybe Patrick Voss, he comes on, but I think he's a bit small to be that, you know, second ruckman that Phillips has been doing. So yeah, aside from Essendon though, Western Bulldogs impressive after quarter time. Yeah. Bately, have you got the, the numbers there, mate? Because he had a real form drop off, but on the weekend 105 and looked as though he got back to near his best.
1: Yeah, he had he had an absolute blinder of a game. Um, I think he got in there. I think what was good to see it was he was back to his tackling best, and that's where we've seen him sort of start to put up some numbers before. Um, I'm just bringing up his stats now. I had Libertorio sort of in front of me with his 22 contested possessions. Like, look, the bond yeah. is amazing. The bond is incredible. He's obviously the one who puts the um, puts the puts the score on the on the scoreboard as well. Kicks his goals and things like that. But um, yeah. mate, the amount of clearances. Uh, that uh, Liberatore is getting to put down his throat was just unbelievable. So, yeah, Bailey Smith, mate, had 25 disposals. 18 of them were kicks. He had his six tackles, which I think he had five to half time. Um, and, he uh, and, you know, a 451 metres gain, he had 85% back on field as well, which was good to see. But for me, it was still Tom Liberatore with 36 disposals. As I said, 20 of those were contested. I think he had 12 clearances. Um, he, to me, was easily in the top two on that ground but no doubt Bond and Pallety walks away with the three votes 29 disposals two goals two 11 marks uh, a couple of tackles and 647 meters gained massive yeah
2: I'm, yeah I'm kicking myself I recommended Liber to you at the start of the year and I should have taken my own advice he's been ultra consistent and scores well each and every week
1: yeah absolutely right uh, we welcome back Herbie. He always is good for a comment, no doubt. We'll get him on the pod. He does a little bit of work for us with the NBA crew as well, with that NBA squad coming out. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the NBA pod, make sure you get on and have a listen. Uh, Bailey Sniff was electric. I think there's a little he bit of was electric. <laughs> I think there's a few little good comments here from Justin. Yeah. We'll sort of get there as well. There's a bit of- this one? Yeah. This one too oh. from
2: NJP. Anthony's got a big bench press. He's got a big head. That's
1: about it. <laughs> uh, keep, the, keep the questions coming. I love the yep. love the bands inside there. Little Tony Delaney. I like this.
2: Yeah, I, I like how the the chat's generated tonight. It's good. Bit of Soprano's action. The the Kangaroos are coming. Yep. Same with any porno that we're going to watch. he will eventually come <laughs> at some stage. Go to Phil. Justin's next
1: He's- one. I reckon. Oh, you got feels, Justin. When the shortened AFL games are three quarter. Oh. Woo. Oh, Jesus. Phil doesn't know how many. Phil doesn't know how many Roos supporters we have in this chat group. I tell you what, they're going to come for him. But it was a terrible fourth quarter performance, wasn't it? Their last quarter, the uh, not that I can talk because my Hawks were no good in the last quarter either. But it just was that difference between a team that still has finals aspirations and a team that knows that their season is kind of done. That one yeah. percent flip the other way can just be the difference, can't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a nice tactical tank, I'd like to call it. I think the umpires robbed North a little bit. We'll get into their game later. Mm. But, yes, it just it proves St. Kilda aren't really going to go anywhere in St. Kilda if they make it.
1: Can we answer this question, though? I know we'll get to the North game, and I know there's a little yeah. good we, – we make jokes and those kind of things. Come before the storm. LDU, going to win the Brownlow next season, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be top four. Oh, and we will be top four. You had me at the first comment. I'm not quite sure about the second, but – We talked about LDU. If anyone hasn't gone and checked out our um, standard squeeze super sixes, we had a good chat about who we think is going to finish top six um, in each position. We talked about people possibly jumping back on LDU um, Mm -hmm. and he didn't let us down in what was a bigger game. But look, does LDU win the Brown though? Not sure. Probably North's got to win more games to to get the three votes and those types of things. But he's definitely in the discussion now as somebody who is easily a, a top 10 top five midfielder in the competition for sure, isn't he? He's getting that elite status if he finds his consistency.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he is. And he, I don't know whether you watch the game, but the commentators who are trying to help St Kilda out on the weekend, like, please go and put a heavy tag on LDU and you'll win this game. He single-handedly kept a minute. The uh, the Brownlow could potentially happen, but North Melbourne need to put a better team around him first.
1: Yep. We move on uh, to the next game, which was my mob, who I just said didn't have a great last quarter performance, but it was great to see them uh, step out and and show a bit of ticker, which they're surprising Mm -hmm. everyone, including yours truly, Uh, James Sisley, We talked about it. He's bounced back with a massive 171. Carl Amon with a 103. Uh, Will Day with a 90. Newcomb started well, but ended up finishing with a 77. Uh, from a Richmond perspective, Graham with a 132. Prestia, the human meatball, with a 115. Uh, Ross with a 112. Daniel Rioli off halfback with a 106. Um, and Taranto with a 91. Not a lot to talk about this game, but what did you take out of it other than Sicily's humongous score? It was huge.
2: Taranto was minus 10 after seven touches. So to get to 91, he's actually done really well. Now, there is a, there is a comment that I wanted to bring up here Do it. who's another Do it. one of our wonderful co-hosts always being a, a big fan of andrew voss after he says lines for the chip so <laughs> he really knows his footy doesn't
1: he i tell you what what he doesn't know about afl he makes up for in nrl and nba and thank god we've got him on the books for those two sports because i tell you what he knows a shit ton when it comes to those sports, and he uh, he, yeah. he teaches me something every day. But I don't think we'll be getting him on the AFL pod anytime too soon other than maybe just some quality bants in the background. Yeah.
2: Gordon Tallis for captain this week. There we go. Gordon um, Tellis, there's, love it. There's, there's nothing really from the Richmond Hawthorne game apart from Sicily, really. Everyone's under 100. Carl Amon, just over 100, but not really super coach relevant. The back end of the year, if you've got the trades and you've got the coin, you bring Sicily in. We spoke about it last week. If you weren't going to bring him in last week,
1: you're bringing him in this week. You, you just have to now. Errol Gould and Chad Warner win Brownlows before anyone from the Kangaroos. Fact or fiction?
2: Fiction. Ooh. Yeah. Elaborate. Chad Warner, good player. Errol Gordon good player. Not when you're talking about LDU. So if you've got Errol and yeah, he can go forward of centre and kick goals. But who's more eye-catching for you? LDU busting out of a a pack with a hardball get and kicking along and hitting up targets or Errol Goulden getting the ball out in a wing or Chad Warner whose disposal efficiency still isn't great?
1: No, the more I think about it, I think my first mindset goes to Sydney's just in a better place and about winning games. But you're spot on in the sense of the problem probably with Sydney is they – they're going to spread the load a lot. I mean, maybe yeah. when the time comes that Luke Parker's gone, but Luke Parker's a lot younger than people actually think he is. He's been around for so long that we, we, mm. we put him in the veteran status. I remember I've heard him in a lot of interviews. He's like, I'm not that old, guys. Stop putting me in the, stop putting me in the retirement bracket. I'm nowhere near it. Mm. Um, I rate these two as players, but you're right. They probably spread the load a little bit too much when it comes to votes that I don't really see anyone from Sydney winning a brown load. Um, because one minute Chad Warner's the best on ground, the next minute Errol Goulden's the best on ground, the next minute Callum Mills will be back to his good form, the next minute, um, as you said before, Luke Parker's getting votes. So it's a bit of a tough one there. So you're right, LDU is the one that stands out for North Melbourne, especially if they can start in some uh, some wins on the board. So he sort of fits that mould, doesn't he? No different to a Paddy Cripps winning one at Carlton when they, uh, did they just sneak into the finals that year or, or maybe just miss out? But yeah. yeah, interesting, cool. Good chat. I love it. I love how yeah, we're getting to a little bit more. You can tell superco is kind of just getting a little bit to the end of the season, and we're getting a bit more into AFL chat. We get to closer and closer to the finals. It's uh, It's good. It's can we put good. this up? Just yeah, I like we... it. You Next it game, I it.
2: like this one. Can Brisbane win a flag with no Ashcroft? No. They can't. that nah. Too much of a heavy dependency on Dunkley, Neil, McCluggage, These sorts of players, they don't play well at the G. We all know that you have to win at the G to win a flag. So long story short, no.
1: The funny one with this one is like, can they win it even with Ashcroft? And I'll actually say no. I think they could make a grand final, but I just actually don't think they have the – I don't think they are consistently going to be better than Collingwood, Port Adelaide, uh, even Melbourne, especially as the grand finals played at the G. So I don't think they have the team just yet. Why? I think your Hipwoods um, and your Danaher's are two of the most selfish forwards I've ever seen and they just can't quite click it together to win you a premiership. So that's, I rate that list so highly, but they're missing something to just get them over the line. And it's a really good point Justin brings up. I think uh, we wish Ashcroft all the best. Mm -hmm. It's a pity to see him go down. Does he still win the rising star? Now I know there's going to be a lot of she's gods getting posted over in there in the next two seconds. Does Ashcroft win the rising star?
2: Yes. Ah, uh, no. Sheezle. I think I think Sheasle wins. Ashcroft probably runner up now. It's it's going to be tight within the four that we brought up last podcast with Amis and Michito Owens, Justin Herbert's long lost brother in there. Um miss kicking goals. Owens does a bit of everything. Ashcroft quiet and then came on strong mid year. And now he's gone, and there's what five, six games left of the year. Sheezel, even though Super Coach Wise hasn't been really relevant of late, he's still been racking up his 20 touches a game. Looks so clean doing it. I think he's got more of a prominent role than what Ashcroft has had. Like Ashcroft's had a better probably three or four weeks, but consistently over the year, Sheezel's been better. So I, I think it's still Sheezel.
1: Yep. Shout out to Sheezel with a big 126 this week and uh, very happy that I've held on to him. He's, he's going back to that backline position, which I like, and sneaking into the midfield a bit too. So, look, I think we just enjoy the talent that we're getting to watch. We've talked about it a few times. We've got some quality young talent and the, uh, and the game's in a good place as we move forward. Um, yep. Mate, we'll, we'll go with the Brisbane game because we did talk about it and then I'll come back to Carlton versus yep. the Kingsley West Coast under 12s. Um, Brisbane with the 64-53 win over Geelong. Geelong only having one goal to half time, which was interesting. Uh with a massive 140. Dunkley back into the side with 115. Lockie Neal with a 108. Uh, mm-hmm. Wilmont's one who continues to find the footy at the moment, getting with an 89. Um, and for Geelong, the man that we've talked about a lot, Tom Stewart with a huge 152. And Paddy Dangerfield with a 94. Any major standouts here other than obviously the injury and, and things moving forward?
2: No, not really. It's so I held Dunkley, 115. That was nice. He'll go better again this week after having a couple of weeks out. And Stuart. Stuart's been in my back since day dot. So 152. Really nice. Should have perhaps put the VC or C on him. Uh, that that cost me a really big score this week. So I went C on Dacos thinking he'd go larger. So I burnt my VC with uh, Bontempelli and, and lost about 60 points there. So... Yep, shit effort by me, but we move on. These things happen. Uh, good quality game up at the Gabba, though. Geelong did well to come back the way they did and make it a real tight contest towards the end. Nothing really to see here, though, because, again, finals aren't or grand finals aren't decided at the Gabba, unfortunately. So, yep. yeah, prove me wrong, Brisbane. Prove me wrong.
1: Yeah, I'll I, I put the challenge out to him as well. Absolutely. Um. So we go back again. Carlton versus West Coast was all over at quarter time. I think they had a 58-point lead at quarter time. Um, Charlie Curnow has always put him down for massive scores against sides. He had a huge 178. Sam Docherty, uh with a 156. Hewitt with a 127. You talked about it, and I'll let you uh, – sorry, I didn't mean to read that one out too early. Um, Tom DeConi with a 118. Sam Walsh with a 109. Um, from a West Coast perspective, your mate who loves having to rack up crap disposals with it and with a 123. Gaff, when the uh, shit comes to shove and people start pulling out the uh, pitchforks, he finally pulls in a 114. Um And Bailey Williams, he gets the I've tried the hardest award, and I say that with all due respect, gets a 98. So Bailey Williams or? gets the coaches
2: award, does he? He what gets the man. coach's
1: award. He, he gets a he gets a can of coke and a McDonald's voucher, because um, he at least gives it a crack and puts out the gets the most out of his body as he can. Speaking of bodies, though, Luke Shuey doing another hamstring injury. So sadly, it doesn't yeah, look think, like. Yeah, I think thing. he's
2: done at West Coast too. Early on, um, from West Coast point of view, are nineteen touches, forty-seven points. He actually started to look a little bit at home at AFL level. It, he's looked so lost for the year and. I guess the only teams that he's going to be a part of are anyone that needed that dual position player to swing, you know, defense to midfield to keep on your bench or people that aren't playing the game anymore. So unfortunate, but he'll be better again for next year. Walsh, 109, did you say? And that was with five minutes to go in the second quarter. He did his pig string. So that's that's a huge effort. Massive. Word is it's only a minor hamstring though, so it might only be a week.
1: Is this, is this a, uh, another Clayton Oliver situation, mate, or we might hopefully only a week? So there we go. No,
2: nah, well, Clayton Oliver's been out, what,
1: eight or nine weeks now, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. The, so, whole, the whole possible hold yeah. there for quite a few people that blew out. Uh, this is an, it is an interesting quote here. Oh, you go. You go. Yeah. Before
2: we, we speak about the Collie Wobbles and, and mm. Phil going to town on them, Hewitt, 127. <laughs> so we spoke about it. We, we trolled through who we thought were good pods for the week. We bought up with Carlton, no Chera, no Paddy Cripps. This guy is going to go back into his piggy roll inside mid, yep. get plenty of the pill. I threw a multi on it and he won me some coins. So thank you, son. Um, but we, we threw it out to people. 127, that's that's a lot better than a lot of other midfielders scored for the week. Yep. If you've got no Crips and you've got no Chera again, he's still only going to be, what, 300K maybe? That's really cheap for a midfielder that could pull you in
1: 130s. Spot on. And look, Walsh is done now for a little bit. So he's going to stay in there for another week for sure. I think Kennedy's still out. I I think he's a quality mid. I think he just needs to be given the role. Let him play it. I think he does it probably best out of anyone on that team is to go a bit inside. You can nearly play him very much like a Josh Dunkley type. Let him Mm -hmm. do a bit of a soft tag when it comes to the clearance areas and then let him go and get off the chain. He showed he um, he knows how to get the footy. Absolutely. He's a quality player. I find this comment very, very interesting that the best chance the Lions have will be if they play the Collie Wobbles in the prelim. I I stand strongly by the fact that I think the toughest game for a favourite of the year is the prelim. Mm-hmm. If you can get through the prelim and you're the favourite, you normally come through with the goods. And I have referred to Hawthorne when they had their 3 Pete. They had three prelims where they won under a kick. And then in the grand finals, we know what they did in most of their grand finals where they went and absolutely spanked the opposition. But... Uh, I can't see Brisbane beating Collingwood at the G. I can't see it. It was a very different situation when Collingwood beat Richmond that year. They're both playing at their home ground. Uh, they're both at the G. I think it's very different taking Brisbane to the G. Don't think yeah. they can take Collingwood. Maybe a Port Adelaide if for some magical reason they have to play each other in a prelim. Port Adelaide could do something special against Collingwood at the G, but not Brisbane. Not Brisbane for me. I've just, I've just actually had a text message
2: sent to me. Sam
1: yep. Walton, two to three
2: weeks. So if you've got a trade, you trade him off.
1: Yep. Good question from, uh, oh, we'll go with Phil's comment about George Hewitt. Then we'll go to Justin's, uh, or go- ah, gorgeous George Hewitt. So good. He almost played every week for the Sons. Um, yeah, he was, he's a quality player. And I think we've, yeah, I think we he all agree well that, up him. as well. Yeah. He, was. Well him. he had the tag role and then he got off the chain. He's shown that he knows how to get his own footy. So, yeah, big mm-hmm. pickup for Carlton. Yeah, for sure. I like this one. Did Carlton make finals?
2: I fucking hope not, but they probably <laughs> they probably will. They probably that like they have come on pretty well. My concern is they're starting to hit some speed bumps with injuries now. So does that they they're coming from a long way back, so they pretty much need to win out. Yeah. So I'll say I did it.
1: Yeah, I did a I did a finals predictor, and for me, they snuck into seventh. But it was very clear that 7th to about even 12th, 13th, there are some serious 50-50 games that can absolutely well, flip it flip it on its lid for sure. I'm, so, glad, you brought,
2: I'm glad you brought that up because Adelaide are uh, 12th at the moment. Is that
1: right? Uh, yep. I'll take your word yep. for it.
2: Yep. And they have the most points at this time of year for someone that's in 12th and the best percentage points for someone that's in, in 12th. In Adelaide are
1: 13th. Adelaide 13th.
2: 13th. 13th. So 13th, they've got the best points for the most premiership points and the best percentage of a team that's 13th ever in the AFL, which goes to show how even this comp is this year.
1: So that must also mean Gold Coast, too, because Gold Coast are on the same amount of points at 14th. Gold Coast are on 32 points at 14th. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I rate I rate Adelaide. I think if they if Rory Led gets back into that side, I really love how they play. I love their brand of footy. I'd love to see a Carlton a Richmond or an Adelaide, Sydney possibly. I don't I don't want St Kilda in there. I think they're poop. I think they're done. I don't think they know how to score. I don't think they can threaten anyone in the finals. No. Um, GWS somehow on my predictor held their spot. Um, but again, as I said, I think there's a few 50 50s in there. Like they've got a battle of the bridge against Sydney, um, that could go either way. So look, I think we're locked in for what's going to be not only an exciting finish to SuperCoach, but an exciting finish to the AFL as well. Uh, so for me, I'm going to say I'm going to say Carlton do make the finals. They make it for me.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think Adelaide do, especially after the weekend with Rankin doing a hamstring, and that's a three to four weaker. And their key back, Nick Murray, doing an ACL, so he's done for the year.
1: Yep. We move on to, uh, speaking of Sydney, Fremantle versus Sydney over here at Optus Stadium. Um, Yeah, Sydney showed that Fremantle still have a long way to go with their young forward line and their young team and and having to find some big-bodied midfielders because Luke Parker just had a a day out with a 155. Callum Mills with a 107. Tom Papley with a 101. Uh, Lloyd with a 91. Errol Goulden was a little bit quieter with a 66. Uh, I didn't watch this game fully. Um, I've got a feeling Aish must have been putting a bit of a tag on him. Brayshaw with a 116, Luke Ryan with a 111, Jago with a 102, Sarong with a 101, and a couple of tons from Schultz and Luke Jackson, obviously being the sole ruck without Sean Darcy. If you've got the
2: trades to bring him in, I'd be bringing in Luke Jackson right now. Uh, Darcy's done for the year. It's just come out on the AFL website that he's going in for ankle surgery, and he'll be on ice till next year. And makes and- sense. Take care of him. Yeah.
1: And that I reckon that's a big sign as well that he's staying at Fremantle. Yep. I mean, they're putting him in ice. They're going to take care of him unless the only other, <laughs> you know, the other side to that story is unless they want to make sure they take care of the asset that they have an ability to trade. So mm-hmm. I guess that's the other side. But and- I think he stays. Yep. And for
2: those of you that held on to five, he's done as well. He's set for surgery and they're
1: putting him on ice for the year too. Yeah. Uh, right moves for Fremantle. They're done now. The really bad news there is they don't even have that draft pick. Do you know who gets it? Melbourne. Melbourne could end up with the fourth draft pick, number wow. four draft pick in this draft from that Luke Jackson trade. Um, and look, I think Fremantle has done the right thing in getting a Luke Jackson. I think he shows his worth of what he's going to be. But that's a massive, massive pick up for a team that's obviously still in a premiership window. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we move on. One. Yep, there yeah, is one. From how,
2: many, how many trades should I have left? Depends who you're asking. Uh, If you're asking Damo, he had none left two weeks ago. (laughs) Uh, I guess if you're looking to give it a real shake, Maddie, three or four, I reckon, ultimately, you should have your team set by now and a couple of trades in the bank to replace, say, your Sam Walsh that was hurt this week. So if you've got that many, you're doing really well. So, For some of us, we've burnt our trades and that's it. So...
0: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Let's see how it goes the rest of the year. I think Phil makes a really good point here. And we've talked a lot about it over in the West where people are sort of jumping on Fremantle very harshly to say they've really underperformed this season. And maybe they have. But I think last year was a little bit of a, it was a bit of a premonition to what could come. So all biases aside, the Dockers looked fine from fullback to half-forward um, and looked like an kick side in the Ford 50. They're playing players like Luke Jackson, Jai Miss, and Josh Treacy as three key forwards all under the age of 22, I'm pretty comfortable mm-hmm. in saying. You're not going to – everybody knows that prime tall forwards don't come true until about 24, 25 – um, yeah, they're, they're going to take time. They're putting games into them, they're choosing to play them over Tabernacle, which I think is the right decision, and um, yeah. they'll come good. And from a big body standpoint, yep, they decided to get rid of David Mundy. They thought that Nat Five possibly could have been that person who could go in there. Don't forget, real Brody had a fantastic year the year before as well, that just hasn't played as strong this year. Um, yeah. so look, I think they know they need a big bodied mid, and maybe that is Nat Fife if he can get his body right. Um, and they need a stay strong with their forwards because you can't go out and say, well, let's go get a mature forward now because then you're uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. So I think you just got to stick with this forward line, give them time, and um, I think they come good in the next couple of years. I think they'll be fine.
2: And for anyone that did listen to our uh, podcast mid last week when we're talking about players to bring in, we did mention Luke Parker was in for a monster against Frio and he, he pulled up with a 155. So, yeah, an absolute gun of a player. I like him. I don't have him. I wish I did. But anyone that plays against Fremantle, if you like, Bontempelli did the same thing, Parker did the same. Um, your big body midfielders always score well against Fremantle.
1: It's really good shout. Theo has joined the chat. I might get you to bring that comment out, mate, because I'm just having a quick look at next week's fixtures.
2: Theo, how are um, you, mate? Thanks for jumping on, mate. You got 2527 this week, VC Stewart into Dunkley. Nice one. Well done. I dream of Heaney. It's a fucking nightmare, mate. Don't, don't bring him in. <laughs> so he, he, will,
1: he will tease you. So he's having a look at for next week. So VC, Tom Stewart. So Tom Stewart's playing against yep. Frio. I mean, you've got Collingwood Carlton as the first game. So you tend to think maybe a Nick Dacos would get the VC. But, you know, you can't really go wrong with a VC on Tom Stewart. It's a good shout. Yeah. Um, into Dunkley. Who are they playing? Where are they? Brisbane have got Gold Coast. Um, they've got them at Gold Coast though. So I don't know if Dunkley is the way to go right now. I actually love Dunkley in big clashes. And I don't actually, I know this is a derby, but I don't classify this as a massive clash. So for me, for me, it would be the Josh uh, Nick Dacos to sort of bounce back, possibly against Carlton and have a bit of a run off the chain. Uh, Tom Stewart's a good shout. Um, And then I don't mind like a Tim English versus uh, GWS. And I also don't mind a Bontempelli because they don't have anyone to really go on him. It's in Ballarat
2: this week, Western Bulldogs versus Giants. If you've got Liberatore, it's always cold. It's always wet. He's your pig in and under. So if you've got Liber, slap a VC or C on him.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Love it. We move on to the next game, which was probably a match of the round for sure. Port Adelaide versus Collingwood. Uh, 83 to 85 out there. Colin would find a way to get it done again. Darcy Cameron, a good hold for me with a 135. Darcy Moore with a 113. Um, Elliot with an absolute amazing kick after the siren. I reckon this guy's one of the most clutch kicks in the AFL. Uh, Crisp with the 104. Nick Daycos a little bit quieter with a 99. Um, Taylor Adams' 200th game was great to see. Congratulations to him. Uh, Will Drew did a fantastic uh, tag on Dacos at some point with a 121. Dan Houston with a 120. Burton with 117. Rosie with a 117. Zach Butters with a 101. I have two points to put to you. One, Drew was on Nick Dacos until that last quarter, and for some reason they moved him across to Jordan goey. It was clearly working. They were winning the game, and Nick Dacos actually had a ripper in that last quarter. Uh That's my one question. That was a bit of a statement, but I can get you to refer to it. The second one is, what's going on with Zach Butters? He was on the bench, for all accounts for what I've heard, for about 11 minutes at one point Mm -hmm. there in the last quarter and didn't even look like coming on. The game was on the line. What's going on?
2: Butters is hurt. He was at risk of missing last week. they were talking about one or three weeks. He's a he's type of bloke, he's, he's a country lad, isn't he? Like He doesn't like people knowing that he's hurt. He's going to try and push through whatever he can, but you can tell he's a little bit restricted at the moment. I think that long spell on the bench in the last quarter was probably a bit tactical as well to try and just get him through the game. I think they rest him this week. I, I think he needs to. He had a purple patch mid-year where he was going fucking bonkers every game, 130s, 140s. I think he got a 180 or 190 one game, didn't he? Like He just went... Yeah. absolutely ballistic but since then he's pulled right off I think the last three or four weeks he's only gotten his 100, 110 maybe which is not really your primo that people bought him in for and to be so when you' when you're looking at players to bring in from either side Houston he's been scoring considerably well and consistently yep. Rosie he's been consistent all year uh Darcy Cameron Nice one, one thirty-five. After being frustrating the week before, he's or oh, two weeks before that against Gold Coast, he's really pulled his finger out of late. So, goy though only fifty-five. What do you make of that?
1: He, he, I watched the game. He just, I think, like anything, he he's going to be. He's a spark plug who sometimes can be on, sometimes can be a bit off. It was just one of those games where he wasn't playing that fantastic, but the team was getting the job done. Um, he steps up sometimes when they need to. Uh, but, yeah, no, I wouldn't read into it too much. We've we've always talked about his inconsistencies. He hasn't had too many dropout games this year, so it was good to see him, you know, just happen to be what it is. But, no, I think he'll bounce back, and I think he'll be there at the crunch time, which is important. What do you make of this one, though? Um, Port power will improve as soon as they admit to themselves that Charlie Dixon is cooked. I don't he think Charlie is- Dixon's cooked. I don't he- think. I just think he's, not, he's just not the key kicking goal, you know, up forward bloke that he was before. He's been up the ground. He's been putting in effort. He had Darcy Moore on him, and still put in some effort there as well. But don't underestimate the ability of Darcy Moore. But you've also got to remember he's taking that key defender, and he's still getting his hands on the footy. He's still providing a contest, um, and that allows others to flourish, in my opinion. His knees cooked, but like when you're talking about, but he's still providing the goods. Yeah,
2: kind of. Yeah, he's not. He's not what he once was. Um, yeah. He went. He went down two or three times on the weekend, clutching his knee, and then gets up and so, sort of starts running around again. But there, yeah, he's just trying to get through the year. He'll be in for an end of year scrape or, or a fix up in there.
1: Beautiful. Uh, we move on. GWS versus Gold Coast. Uh, we talked a little bit about this game leading into it. Lucky Whitfield with a one thirty three. Sam Taylor again just. A gun, 121. Stevie Canilio, 114. Himmelberger, 109. Uh, Briggs with a 91. Josh Kelly with a 97. Uh, Sam Collins with a 115. Sam Flanders, again, mm-hmm. stepping up with a 113. Witz with a 101. Um, and Atkins with a 109. A little bit quieter from Noah Anderson and Matt Rao, 76 and 75. Mm. And, uh, and Took Miller only with an 81. I like that you brought up this game now. NJB, Nathan
2: J at Brain has thrown out, what's your best pod for the run home? Ned Flanders. Sammy Flanders from Gold Coast for me. He's got that midfield role locked up there. And we brought up on the last pod as well, for those of you that didn't listen in, which hopefully everyone did. Um, Miller, like we went through the teams that they're going to play in the run home. Against none of them does he average over 100. When you're looking at someone that you're going to bring in that you want to be uber premium, he's not your guy this year. He missed, what, 10 rounds? He's still getting his match fitness back. You can see that there's a clear objective from Gold Coast to get some time into some kids to see whether they can play or not. Two of the best players for Gold Coast on the weekend, Flanders and Mac Andrew played a ripper down back as well. They're two kids that they picked up in drafts, what, two years ago? Still 20 years old. I believe both of them um, Flanders maybe not but Mac Andrews had a contract extension so they got they want to try and get some time into these kids and you know expose them to serious AFL footy before moving into next year so I think this year's a write off now for Gold Coast but next year watch them
1: so let's talk about Sam Flanders so since the buy he's had a five round average of 110 he's had a three round average of 111. So since the buy, he's gone 100, 119, 96, 125, and
2: 113. He's been really
1: good. And this is is what everybody talked about. His first four games of the year, he went 64, 46, 26, and 41. And that's Uh when everybody jumped off. And then Uh he's actually now shown the potential that everybody was seeing at the start of the year. So obviously, he's found his role. Obviously, they've given a little bit more of a license. And we're talking about putting up scores. Of, you know, Collingwood's in that mix. Port Adelaide's in that mix. Uh, St. Kilda's where he got the 125. And albeit that they might be not playing that well, they're a very locked down team. He's finding the pill um, and uh, being quite effective with it. So it's not a bad little shout at 467000 to finish out the still, year.
2: Still very cheap. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Um, we go to Melbourne versus Adelaide. Uh, 97 to 93, Melbourne just held on to this one. Brayshaw with a 125, Gorn with a 120, Petrarca with a 119, Langdon with a 105, and Chandler with a 102. Cozzy Pickett with a, uh, a midfield role and got his hands on the uh, the footy quite a bit with a 99 from a Adelaide perspective without Rory Laird, a 115 uh, from Jordan Dawson, uh, Rankin with a 115, but unfortunately going down with a hamstring in those last dying seconds. Uh, Schoenberg with a 107, Hinge with a 105, Keys with a 97. And Matt Crouch back into a game with uh, 86. Mm-hmm. Your takeaways, mate.
2: Yeah, Crouch, 86, 22 touches, only seven of those kicks. He's a shocking kick. So when we're talking about super Coach, even though 22 touches might yell out at you, don't pick him up. Um, Gorn is just averaging a lazy 160 since uh, Grundy was dropped. And here's our, or my hot take anyway, Grundy will be playing at Port Adelaide next year. They need a Ruckman. He's from Adelaide. Yep. Port Adelaide need a Ruckman. Scott Lysett clearly isn't in the upper echelon of Ruckman. He's from Adelaide. We've seen now that Melbourne are playing a better brand of footy without Grundy in their team as a forward. I think they'll try and trade him off for something while they can.
1: I like your question there, Justin. We'll we'll get to it at the end. We'll finish with that one. That might be a nice little way to wrap up wrap up the show. We've got one game to go, and that's Justin's mob, uh, North Melbourne versus St Kilda, sixty one to sixty nine. St Kilda just getting over the line with a big last quarter. Unfortunately for North Melbourne and North Melbourne fans, you could see it meant something to Brett Ratton as well. He wanted that one, and uh, not only probably just for the boys, but going up against a team that fired him only nine months ago. Uh, Jack Steele, huge score with a 160, Sinclair with a 132, Marshall with a 124, Wood with a 112, your boy Winhager with a 104, Crouch with a 101, um, and we talked about him earlier, Mr. LDU with a 133, the She's God with a 126, Goldie with a 107, and Taryn Thomas was quite impressive as well. He only put up a 98, which is a solid score, but I think he was a lot better than that. What were your takes from this one, mate?
2: Yeah, this was way too close for St Kilda again
1: <laughs> north probably yeah. should have won it absolutely they yeah. should have um,
2: when we're talking about i made a call early in the year i thought win hager would average more than dusty and that's made me look like i've got egg on my face but in the last 3 weeks win hager's averaging 90 he's he's done a good job over the past couple of weeks and i think martin's around about the same we've seen a bit of resurgence from him tarrant thomas i thought he was going to be the match winner he looked really good but my fucking god ldu when he's on is there anyone that can stop that man? I'm an Essendon supporter, but I am just in awe of this bloke. Imagine, right, next year with a healthy list of LDU as your inside mid, and then you've got Wardlaw, you've got Sheasel, you've got Simpkin, um, that Tristan Exjiri or however you say his name, and Goldstein had over 60 hitouts outs together, and then another year into Larky, Coleman Jones another year into him, Zerha down forward. It's starting to... It's it's not a full list and it's not good all over the ground, but it's got the makings of something positive happening there at, can, at the kangaroos,
1: and no disrespect to Brett Ratten either, but then you have hopefully Alistair Clarkson coming back as well, and he mm. when he was up and about looked in a good space to start the year. They were up and about with it. I think they were really embracing what he was putting out there, and it um it looked pretty good, but um. Yeah, I think it's a list that you can get excited about, but something's got to come together. They're missing something at the moment. I think it's mainly down back um, that they've probably got to put a bit more together. But, um, yeah, it's a list to get excited about. And, uh, you know, they'll pick up another good draft pick. They may even get the man himself, Harley Reid. And, look, that'll make all the difference as well for their team. So, absolutely. Just two more things. We brought it up at the start of the show. 20 years this week. Since Wayne Carey versus
2: Anthony Stevens and Glenn Archer happened, was it it was that uh, what they call it back then? Eddie Had? Eddie
1: had Stadium? Stadium. Yep. yeah It
2: was it was on. Wayne Carey was running away and scared of Glenn Archer's right hand. And that was it was awesome, but 20 years, where where the fuck is all the time going?
1: Oh mate, it's it's when somebody tells you that um yeah, what is it? What's the saying when it's 20 years ago is it nineteen eighty? It's <laughs> still in the 2000s. I've never heard that, but I'll yeah. take it. Haven't, you haven't heard that one when somebody tells no. you 20 years ago and you realise they're not talking about 1980?
2: Yeah. No, but I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, there's something else that I do want to bring up though, and this is, I guess we're looking forward to February when you're starting to get your super coach teams lined up for next year. Yep. I, I love the fact, like I haven't had Zeebel. I love the fact that he's getting scores of 20 because it's just going to plummet his score again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he's going
2: to be that backline player next year. Willie,
1: though, Willie, though, is he, is he, maybe he is in Alistair Clarkson's plans. I don't know. Maybe, mm. um, but you're right. It's good. Oh, mate, I'm, everybody get on board. If you haven't clicked, oh, Telstra Dome. Good call. There well done. Great chat. Is that what it started as? Is that what it was first? Was Telstra Dome yeah, number one? I, reckon, been. I think that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah, I reckon it was.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Essendon,
2: did Essendon oh. won the first game. At Telstra
1: Dome. Telstra Dome. Where's Telstra Dome? He's and spot on. Michael Doesn't he live Ryan. around the corner from us? Doesn't he live right around the corner from the Telstra Dome? He'd know. Nah, no, the Telstra Dome is not in Frankston. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought he's up. He's up in the penthouse near near Posh area. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good shout. Uh, that's a really good call. Um, yeah, I like that. Let's um, let's finish up with this one. Any more questions, guys? Throw them in there. We'll probably wrap this one up pretty soon. Uh, it's a nice little sort of question. We're talking a bit more footy chat, which is good. Uh, flag tip, um, best smoky for the finals. Why don't we throw in the brownlow in there as well? Who you got, mate? With a, this is absolutely oh, colonial stadium. Sorry, that's geez, that's really taking me back. Anyway, we'll go with this one. I'll throw in brownie with it. And this is a question without warning, so we'll see mm. how you go. All
2: right,
1: here's the multi.
2: You got Kurnow for the Coleman. You've got Dacos for the brown low. I think Collingwood win it this year. And if you want to get extra saucy, Dagoe best on.
1: Oh, we've gone the norm as well. We've gone yeah. the norm. I think, yeah, I can't, I can't go past Collingwood at the moment unless they have an absolute slip up in the prelim. I think that's where they, if they slip up, it is the prelim. Um, I like uh, Norm Smith. Oof. That's tough. Uh, I like they're gonna kick goals. So it won't be it won't be a Dylan Moore. It won't be like a yeah, it won't be a Dylan Moore. I like Darcy your Jordan. Moore. Uh, Darcy Moore, sorry. Dylan Moore uh, plays I'm, I'm Hawthorne. Stuck, stuck, in Hawthorne. They won't be playing. Fucking Hawthorne land, mate. I, but yeah. Dylan Moore is not gonna be anywhere near the Norm Smith. I'll leave that one alone. I think Bonton actually is gonna win the Brown, though, just pipping. Nick Dacos. I don't think Nick gets him right at the start for some reason. I don't think he gets the early the early votes. Um, I think there were some more influential players at the start, albeit he has the stats to kick off the year. I'm going to go with Bontempelli to win the Brownlow just a bit outside. Um, my smoky for the final is GWS. I've just had, you know, doing a bit of a predictor. I know they're in there at the moment, but people don't really have them as their best eight. Um, but if if anyone's going to do some damage, I'd actually love to see Adelaide get in there. And I think they could actually cause some damage if they get there. So I don't think we ran them all off just there, but I think this is good chat. And you and I have talked about it for anyone who's listening along now, make sure you subscribe, um, get on board with the pod. We will continue to bring all super coach information. That is the basis of what we're about. We are inside fantasy sport, but we're going to start talking a lot more footy. We're going to start doing, um, we're going to start looking at the votes for the Brownlow and where we think they're going to be sitting um, and a lot more football chat. So make sure you hit us up on the Twitter sphere, on our Instagram. Come and listen to the podcast and get involved. We love the questions. We love what's coming. Um, Phil, mate, he's always one to give it to us. And as he says, if if the Swans aren't your smoky, are you even watching footy? Sons are absolutely a smoky. And I think that battle of the bridge could be maybe the difference between who gets in and who doesn't.
2: If the Swans aren't your smoky, yeah, nah. What are you smoking, Phil? No chance. Nah,
1: nothing. <laughs> Watch Come out on, for buddy. the swans. Watch get out for the swans. Watch out for the swans in 2024. I think they have a great list. I think they work it out. Logan <laughs> yeah. McDonald, and another year older, but uh, yeah, they've, think, they've kind I of missed the soon, boat a little bit this year.
2: The sooner they get rid of Buddy, the quicker their forward line opens up, and the better they'll be. I
1: yeah. feel like they need to get someone else to get in there, though, or they need to get El, that. Um, what's his name? Almaty needs to get himself fit. Almaty, yeah, yeah, Almaty. He's good. I rate him. Yeah, I do. Anyways, too. we. Soldier on. Thank you so much for everyone getting involved. Love the chat. Love the banter. This is what it's going to be about to finish the year. We're going to continue to bring you content. We're going to continue to talk about Super Coach. We're going to continue to talk about all things AFL uh, mm. while we get us into the prime time of the year, which we both love and hate. Finals football, but all that also means is football's nearly over for another season, which makes me definitely cry. Mick, any final words from you, mate? Yeah. You know what else makes
2: people cry? Aussies winning the Ashes. Yes. Get around it. Piers Morgan, up you, mate.
0: Yeah,
1: You're a flog. Yeah. I hate saying his name because that's exactly what he wanted. But I did enjoy the <laughs> meme that went around was know, this is but- a, a giant-sized tissue for Piers Morgan, yeah. which is not the props yeah. coming on. Look, there, I, there really, rumor, I really right? have – Yeah. There
2: is a rumor that it wasn't actually raining. It was just all <laughs> the English people's tears just flooding the ground. Yeah. So if they had to stop soaking, game would have been played.
1: I genuinely am going to enjoy watching the last test because I actually, as much yeah. as I want us to win and win the series, I'm like, stuff it. We've got the Ashes now. It's coming It's coming home where yeah, it belongs, sure. where it should be. But uh, yeah, good luck to the Ashes boys over there. Go and get it done. Go and bring home a 3-1 win and bring that Ashes home with pride. Um, mate, till next time, big shout out to our sponsors at the Standard Squeeze. Make sure you use the promo code INSIGHT15 to get 15% off all your standard squeeze products until next time cheers for jumping on the live everyone this has been the insight fantasy sport podcast peace out see ya
0: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter